Welcome back to the Boundary Corner Podcast. I'm Curtis Wilson. I'm Brian Siegler. It is a Wednesday night, buddy. How are you doing? Wednesday night, Thanksgiving break is upon us, not only upon us, Brian, upon the Virginia Tech football team as well. I am doing awesome. It's the rare uh, Thanksgiving uh, bye week for the Hokies, man. <laughs> I don't think this has ever happened. <laughs> this has ever happened. Somebody go out there and quote on this one. Brian drops it either tomorrow or Friday about the last time Tech had a Thanksgiving break. It, it would probably be in the 70s or the 60s would be my guess. So pretty wild. Yeah, but, I can't remember the last time, man. Also, we're uh, we're on Thanksgiving Eve here, which uh, if if the listeners don't know, uh, this is historically uh, the night in America where the most alcohol is consumed. So drink up, really and enjoy. Yes, more than New Year's. Really, more alcohol in America is consumed the night before Thanksgiving than even New Year's. I am shocked. Like I seriously am shocked about that. Um. Although, go back to the younger days. Yeah. Remember all the World of Sports? Uh, That's true. Throwdowns in, in South Boston? I went to a few of those when that I was. was like a de facto uh, like homecoming slash. Crew? Uh, high school crew. reunion type shit that would go on then. So, yeah. Very true. Very true. So, yeah, I, I could definitely see that. And I, hell, I can even remember being even younger. You're out of school that Wednesday and. You probably are hanging out again. If you're too young to go out to somewhere like that, like we were, it was going to somebody's house or chilling out, getting drunk somewhere and, and going home and dealing with the might, concept. Might even be a bonfire somewhere. Might be a bonfire somewhere. You never know. So, yeah, but it kind of makes sense, I guess you can say. Well, Brian, we're going to – we're only here – this is going to be a shorter one today, guys. We're only going to touch on a few subjects. Um First of all, let's lead with this. Virginia Tech women's basketball, big victory over uh, U of R today, 85-64, um, right after uh, the head coach gets an extension to 2026, which I'm like, that's a long time away. Um, <laughs> no disrespect to Kenny, but I hope it is a reduction in pay for those six years. <clears throat> <laughs> He's done a damn good job, though. He's really turned that he's turned that program into a very, very respected program. So it's true, but you know he, like he's to, doing the job. Just you, you know, you'd like to see him maybe getting less for it. <laughs> he needs less money. That's all I'm gonna say about that. Um, but he was essentially set up to make the tournament last year, which would have been the first in a long time for the program. So good for the Lady Hoopsters. Now, other thing that went on today, I could hear it as I was working. I didn't get to see a bit of it because of technical issues at work. I don't want to get into that. But Hokies men basketball take down Radford 77-62. It's a win. Um, I know some people were complaining early, like we came out, the Hokies came out shooting ice cold. Yeah. The first six minutes of the game. It was a slow start, and once they settled in, um, you know, closed the half pretty good. Second half, they they really, other than one little run there by Radford, uh, you know, really kind of put it on. Hunter Couture in particular got hot from three in the second half. Um, 
the the new guys are it looks like they're still feeling the game out but they were big contributors i think in this game so it's going to be interesting to see how these guys gel as the season moves along because if they do they're going to be a handful no matter how talented the other side of the ball is that's true man um I will say one thing that kind of caught my ear as I was getting off work. I threw in, threw it on the radio in time to catch part of uh, Lays and Burnup's conversation with Mike Young after the game. And the interesting quote, and I've sent you to this, Brian, was Mike Young basically said, I think we're going to score enough to be in every game this year, which is, <laughs> which this early in the season, says a lot because I think Mike says his defense is there, but, you know, you mentioned, Brian, to me before we got on, we're not dependent upon just a few guys anymore, on, you know, to score. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's the big thing. I mean, last year we kind of had Nolly, Aline, and um, Radford kind of doing the bulk of the lifting, and I feel like this year the scoring is going to be a lot more spread around um, with Couture getting, you know, some run, a lot of the transfers um, really coming in and scoring a, a good amount of points in the first game. Um, you know, they really looked like, you know, the, the sky could be the limit if they can like gel and, and, and find those consistent nights where they're able to hit shots at, at, at the clip they did in the second half. If they can do that for a full uh, 40 minutes. They're going to be a handful absolutely oh brian while you were sitting here last time Hokies did not play on thanksgiving week you want to know what we got you were a senior in high school 2001 the uva game was on the 17th of november and then they closed with miami on the first of december so okay. not as long as i thought but that was the old big east days when a lot of times tech miami was the closer um the first week in December. So, um, Brian, let's just hit a few things on the football front. Obviously, no game this week. Um, but, you know, we've, we've said it really the last few weeks, the writing's on the wall. Yeah. You know, um, obviously, they had a couple practices this week. The kids went home after practice today, which, you know, that shouldn't shock anyone. Um, but, you you get a lot of smoke. You, oh, tons, <laughs> tons of smoke. You you feel like the writing's there. It's going to happen. You know, you see everything from the Shane train to the urban suburban <laughs> to the, <laughs> to the on, on Twitter. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we've we've seen. Pretty much every name that's available and a handful that aren't already thrown at the wall to see if they'll stick. I mean, some make sense. I mean, short of South Carolina, Shane makes sense. Um, yeah. You know, we've seen Torian Gray and Ty Granham thrown out there. So, I mean, yeah. those guys make sense. Um, you know, up and coming G5 guys like Napier yeah. and Chadwell make sense. Um, and then wow. there's some guys that. You know, if we if we pull something like Tony Elliott, that would tell me that we're probably fully committed to football. But talking about guys like, you know, Urban Meyer, I feel like are quasi pipe dreams. Like 
sure it could happen, but the likelihood is so slim that it's not even a reasonable consideration at this point. You stop that talk. Because if Urban Meyer came to Tech, made us elite, won one title, he would be the greatest coach of the generation, even if Saban has more. I don't care what people say. <laughs> what? Hold on, hold on. Wait. I, it, it's, hold it's on. true, man, but I mean, d- d- did his minor league baseball ties really cement his uh, love of the New River Valley to that degree? No, what <laughs> love was him when he was with Notre Dame coming and seeing Frank work on special teams and understand how important it was to the game and why he coached special teams when he became the head coach of Bowling Green, of Utah, of Florida, of Ohio State. I'll believe the urban suburban when I see it pull up. <laughs> it's true. But, <laughs> but, but I think, folks, probably what we feel here is maybe this weekend, if not this weekend, definitely after the Clemson game, you're going to start seeing things get leaked. So your Bruce Feldman's, um, your um, – oh, why can't I think of his name? Uh, Dennis Dodds, um, Brett McMurphy's, ESPN's guys, you're going to start seeing the leaks start coming out. So some of it will be smoke. Some of it will be serious. Are we going to keep our ear to the grind? Yeah. Because as, as much as we want to, you know, want to bust Fuente – Less the Duke game and some of the bad losses, it's not been this absolute, we went from winning seven games to winning two games. We're still winning about seven and a half games. Yeah, I mean, he didn't trash the program. He just didn't, he didn't bring it to where we wanted. And based on where we were, you know, 2016, it's been yeah. it's downhill. Steady. Well, it's been a steady decline and with the level off. Yeah. Level off. And, so, yeah. you know, in a, in a normal year, we'd probably be looking at like a, a, a seven to eight win season, which, yep. again, wasn't going to blow anybody's that. skirts up this year, considering expectations were 10 wins with the amount of talent we had coming back and everything else. I know COVID is wrinkles and whatever, but, you know, we started the season very strong and it seems like we've just fizzled and now we're completely rudderless and that's not a good place to be. And in year five with this veteran of a team, that's not something that you should be saying. That's something that shouldn't be happening. That's something that just shouldn't be happening with the veteran of the team. And, and even more so bringing in some new coaches, you would expect more life. Um, And it's not there. And I know some people, you know, you can say COVID, but everybody's going through it. If COVID was strictly a Virginia or mid-Atlantic thing, yeah, we probably would be saying, okay, you can't fire him because this is only happening between Maryland and South Carolina. We're in there and it's screwing us over. It's all over the world. It's all over the country. So it's not one particular thing. And also, I mean, in the early parts of the season, we weathered that storm fairly well and then – it's almost like the the healthier we've gotten to a degree, we've looked more uneven, which shouldn't shouldn't be the case. No, but but what it is is it's the whole what we were week one is what we are week nine. Nothing changed, and 
when guys are getting paid hundreds of thousands and millions of dollars to figure out what you do good and what you do bad, they're going to crack the code. Yeah. And when they crack the code, it is your job because you're getting paid hundreds of thousands of dollars and millions of dollars to create a new code. And we can't do it. And I think that's the reason why. Um, and, and the honest truth is we, we just kind of don't have the people that can create the new codes. And when you kind of look at that, it's kind of like, well, well, but this guy can't do it. He's in charge of that guy. He's in charge of bringing in this person. He's in charge of making these people better. And that's when it essentially all falls on him. And it's why, you know, sometimes again, you see NFL, NCAA, in all sports, you sometimes see head guys get fired, but the assistants don't because sometimes the new coach walks in and I like his attitude. I like the way he coaches. He's staying. And I think in about three weeks, let's mark it down probably three weeks from now or three weeks in a day, me and Brian are going to be sitting here going more real in depth about the firing and what we're seeing on the smoke wise after the games have wrapped. All right. Yeah. So let's jump off that. It's still Pickums. Um, we still got a. We, we went ten this week. All the ACC games, couple mat conference, out of conference ranked games, and then the two Thursday night games since there's not three. Um, and uh, which I'm cool with. It's nice to come back on Thursday. And oh, sorry guys, been a long day. Um. Thursday night didn't just come home, put the kids to bed and just chill instead of worrying about setting a fantasy lineup, which I think I need to do right now, Brian. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> starts moment. at 1230 tomorrow, not yeah. the normal uh, 820. <laughs> yeah. And I've got somebody on the text and so I'll figure that out in the morning. All right, let's, let's kick it off, Brian. Big, big matchup Friday afternoon, number two, Notre Dame, number 25, North Carolina. Notre Dame laying four and a half in this one. What do you got, big guy? Notre Dame's been playing some damn good football lately, so I'm going to take Notre Dame. All right, going to lay the four and a half. Yep. Uh, I'm going to go against you on this. I think Notre Dame's going to win, um, but I think UNC is going to keep it interesting. Interesting enough where late in the game, it's going to be three or four, so I'll, I'll be willing to lay that four and a half. Um now, where I'll feel really bad if Notre Dame, like a couple times they've done in the past few weeks, locked down early, then I'll get scared. <laughs> All right, let's jump to this one. Syracuse, NC State, NC State laying 14 and a half. Did you see Syracuse play last Friday night? I did not. They couldn't score a point on Louisville. Yeah. Louisville okay. hemorrhaged points to everyone. Everyone. So in this scenario, I'm looking at it, and Dino Babers is dead man walking anyway, whether it's this year or next. Give me NC State. I feel like this is borderline legal limit bet because they gave up 30 to Louisville. Louisville and NC State, eh, somewhat close in offensive production. And if you couldn't score on Louisville, 
NC State's defense is significantly better. It's true, and uh, and that's why I'm right there with you. Um, I like uh, I like NC State in this one. I think they've got enough offense and definitely enough defense to uh, to keep Syracuse under lock on scoring the football. So I like I like NC State here, probably 17 to 20 points. Yeah, if not more. Yeah. All right, Pitt Clemson. Pitt coming off the beatdown of us, unfortunately. Clemson. Shut up. I'm just kidding. <laughs> hey, I'm just being real. I know. Real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Clemson coming off, scaring a team into not playing them. <laughs> and then the shit talk that has went through this week has been so interesting. Clemson laying 23 and a half points. So basically three touchdowns and a field goal, Brian. And I know when we get into the Clemson games, Brian usually will ask me. He didn't tonight, but I'm going to find it anyway. He likes to ask the over-unders. Because Brian's trying to think, <laughs> Vegas thinking, laying this many. What, what can Clemson get to? And can I do the math in reverse here and see what we got? They're putting it at 55 and a half. Oh, that seems low, doesn't it? I think it does. <laughs> <laughs> that seems real low. Um, I like Pitt to keep it just under that 23 and a half. Ooh, buddy. I like- think I, I, you know, I I'm not one to to bet on Penny Kenny Pickett and and, and Pitt to really do anything significant, but then they did something significant against us, so I can't really talk any shit anymore. So I think yeah. Kenny Pickett does enough to keep it close. I don't think Clemson puts the foot fully on the gas pedal. I think they keep them at arm's length the whole game and uh, and close it out somewhere in like the 17 to 20 point range. Um, can I be straight up with you? Yep. This is going to be a bloodbath. <laughs> I think Clemson is going to eat them alive. Um, Narduzzi had his Super Bowl last week. Um, seems like he always liked to put it on us. He did a few years ago when they were had that game well in hand. He caught a couple late ones to go up to get to 52. He did it last week as well. And you could just see he was really happy about it. Unfortunately, they have to come to earth and play a significantly better defense. No doubt. They also have to play a person who knows how to call a game. <clears throat> Clemson big. I say Clemson by like 30. Somewhere in the neighborhood like 50-20. Okay. All right. All right, Brian, speaking of Louisville, who we talked about a few minutes ago, they're going and playing BC. BC is a one-point favorite. For the life of me, I can't figure out Louisville. <laughs> I've got a good on BC, and I think BC's got enough of a defense to slow down Louisville where, say what you will, I think Syracuse just proved they're probably the maybe the worst P5 team along with Kansas. The only time they screwed, the only time they've shown up was against Georgia Tech and just to screw you out of a win. <laughs> so give me BC. I will lay the light one point. Yeah, I'm gonna take BC on this one as well. Um, it's it's a pretty no brainer at this point. You've got 
you know, opt-outs at Louisville. You got potential, you know, Satterfield getting a, uh, what seems like at least a couple calls or something yeah. about jumping ships. So I think there's a little bit of, uh, you know, question marks for them moving forward with this season being very underperforming, you know, on top of the opt-outs. So I think BC, you know, kind of steady Eddie is going to take care of business. Yeah, especially when it's you don't have to lay up any more than one point. Exactly. All right, Brian. But here's a game you can't lay anything. You taking <laughs> or you taking Georgia Tech? Ah, good old pick 'em. You don't see them very often anymore. Not in college. All right, so we got Duke Georgia Tech. Um, all <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, Duke two and six. Georgia Tech two and five. Yeah, I'll take actually Duke. Okay. Here. Um, I think Duke is a little bit all around, has a little bit more punch. Um, so I, th- I think Duke's kind of got a puncher's chance of, of knocking them out. So I'm going to take Duke here. Um, just because Georgia Tech has screwed you so much, I have to take Georgia Tech because it's just like. It's a good omen. <laughs> exactly. The karma's like, Brian, every time he goes against Georgia Tech, they screw him some way, shape, or form. Um, that's going to just be an ugly game, uh, you know. So, and Duke's two wins this year are Syracuse and Charlotte, while Georgia Tech's two wins this year are Florida State and Louisville. So, probably Georgia Tech with the more impressive of the wins. All right, next up, Brian, Florida State UVA. UVA is laying nine points, nine and a half points. The hook is very important on this game. So, um, uh, Charles Snowden broke his ankle last week. Much as you hate him, respect him, really good linebacker for them. Uh, they got a three minute feature on bad beats, which essentially flipped a win for me to a win for you last week. Yes, it did. But the, I didn't see that game at all. I just saw the score like, oh, it sinks. The hook got me. When I watched that bad beat segment, <laughs> holy, holy shit. And, and then, you know what? We can hate Bronco. And we have to. At least he was man enough to admit, yeah, the OC looked at the wrong line on the playbook and called a double reverse pass in the end zone. Where you feel like that's taking some accountability, right? Like, oh, yeah, he screwed the pooch. <laughs> Where, yeah, that, that wasn't what we were going with there. He yeah, got thrown in there, and for some reason, the players just went ahead and ran it. <laughs> they were up what? They were they were up so many points. Yeah. And then, of course, the, the pick that swings it the other way. But I will say something. Be straight up with me. I feel like if this had happened to us and someone had questioned, oh, no, that was the play call. How the hell was that the play call? <laughs> so, Brian, I, oh, man, this is just, you know, UVA has been good to me. So, <laughs> I'll wait nine and a half, even though it makes no logical sense with with them. Uh, I'm going to go UVA as well. I mean, the Snowden injury is definitely going to hurt them. 
But like FSU is in the complete downward spiral, dumpster fire, opt out bonanza right now. <laughs> and with all that, I cannot in in good conscience give them any sort of credit. <laughs> I'm not I'm not putting any sort of stock in their ability to do the right thing um in these games. So I'm gonna take UVA kinda of, kind of by default here. <laughs> hey, can I ask you this? Yep. Okay. Correlation to what you talked about Thanksgiving it is Thanksgiving the Thanksgiving Eve being one of the biggest drunk nights is essentially FSU in the place where you see like people you went to high school with at the world of sports after one too many and you're like oh god oh don't let them come over here no I don't want to deal with that shit <laughs> I'm not ready for this I did not sign up for this oh god it's when you're kind of came like, here for like six beers and chill and I might go do something else and and finished off my drunk night. I'm not trying to deal with that right now. <laughs> That's what FSU is. All right, Brian, let's jump out of conference here and let's go Texas, Iowa state. Um, Iowa state who's the both teams are ranked in this case. Iowa state is 15th. I think Texas is 23rd. Let me just get up to confirm those. This is another one. <laughs> yes. Texas is 20th. This is high noon on Friday. So actually after eating tons of stuff tomorrow, you have a pretty good game to look forward to. Iowa State laying the one. Matt Campbell, some people have mentioned, oh, he'd be a good fit here. Although he got hired the same year as Justin Fuente and he is like worse record than Fuente at Iowa State. So neither here nor there. Who do you got in this game? So you got ISU, that's probably, I think, overall the better team. But you got Herman still in Texas, kind of playing for his job a little bit. Yep. Um, Like, that's the X factor to me. I mean, I would say legal limit if this was a week two game for Iowa State. But with, with Herman's job on the line, uh, I'm going to take Texas. All right. You know, I kind of look at this, and if 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 Herman can win this week, he's got Kansas State, who has just fell off the face of the earth the last month, in Kansas to end, and he could end seven and three, and probably to or actually eight and three, take that back, and save his job. I'm with you. I'm with you. I think I think Texas gets it done. I think there's desperation mode, and Although they're Texas, he could went out and be eight and three and be like, "Hey, he's got them in the right direction." And then they just be like, "No, leave." Texas is back. <laughs> Texas is back. Here's your twenty million, but it's not going to be with you. Where's our All right, Brian. One of the big games Saturday, which Saturday Thanksgiving weekend is always one of the big games. The Iron Bowl, Auburn, Alabama, Bama likely to be without Saban as he did test positive for COVID with mild symptoms. Um, and <clears throat> that line, 24 and a half, it seems low with or without Nick Saban. And it's just really tough for me because when I looked at the game and then you look at the over-unders and everything, it's like, they are kind of saying with this game, it's a 62 and a half over under. 
Take the 24 out of that. That essentially leaves 38 points. They're essentially saying this is like a 40-point to 23-point game. I I just I can't see that. I can't see how Alabama has been playing offense pretty much all year where they're scoring 38 was their lowest week one. 52s, 53, 41 against Georgia, 48 41, 63 last week. They're getting over 40 most of the time. The most they've had scored on them is 48. That was by Kiffin calling, doing what Lane does. Yep. Hey, let me bring this up to you because I saw somebody put it out there a little earlier. After Duke doesn't happen last year, we followed her down the stretch. Would you hire Lane? No, only because I don't think he can win us a national championship. And okay. if he's going to not win us a natty title and leave in like three years for some weird-ass reason, what's the point in doing that? It would be so much fun. We it, would would be, it would be fun, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's a good hire. <laughs> I think he could win. I he could win, but, I mean, if you're not going to win a natty title, why, like, what's the point? Like. He might he get you one ACC championship, maybe, just on a fluke. All right. All right, back to the game. Give me Bama. I'm laying the 24 and a half points. Um, just because Saban's not there, I just cannot foresee Auburn keeping it close. I think Bama will slow them down enough. And I Auburn's given up some points this year. Uh, yeah, that's me. Okay. Not so fast, man. All right. Not so fast. I think Auburn is, like most of these games, going to keep it closer than what the records would indicate. Okay. Um, so I don't like Bama to reach their average, and I like Auburn to probably be getting close to their, their point per average uh, and not, not necessarily see a Bama drop-off in, in their scoring. So I think the combination of the two is going to make it somewhere in like the – 17 to 23 point range in terms of the spread there. So I think it's going to be just under that, uh, that, that 24 and a half. All right. But we'll see. We but I'll, I'll, I'll take the tigers. All right. Well, let's go to the NFL tomorrow, Brian, as we are preparing to eat our Turkey day stuff with our collective inner circles here. Game one. Because, unfortunately, the nightcap got blown off thanks to COVID, and we are stuck with these two games. Game one, Lions-Texans. Texans, three points. What do you think? Uh, This is going to be purely um, (laughs) me being a Colts fan. I'm going to take the Lions. Buddy, I'm taking the Lions with you. Lions (laughs) look putrid last week. They're a better team than how they played. And the Texans are coming off beating the Patriots. So, to me, nowhere to go but down. If you want to give me three points, Lions have pulled crazier, have beaten better teams on Thanksgiving Day and played closer games against better teams on Thanksgiving Day than the Texans. So, we're with you there. Yeah, Lions usually show up on Thanksgiving even if they don't show up any other day. Like, they'll at least – Put on a good show, if nothing else, even if they don't come out with the victory. Absolutely. All right. Last game we are picking this week, 
the four o'clock, um, which there's going to be some heavy hearts in Dallas with the, uh, with that trainer. Essentially he passed away today, which, you know, just that just really stinks. And for the people who posted yesterday that Marcus Paul passed away, he did pass away today. Don't be first, be right. Yep. The amount of pain that guy's family is going through now and then what they had to go through yesterday, it stinks. Watching football team, Cowboys. Cowboys laying three points here. Um, and Washington Redskins. I'm not even going to say football team. Brian, it's an ugly game because you got Andy Dalton in quarterback. You got Alex Smith, who it's amazing that he's even playing right now. Yeah. After what happened, you know, just over two years ago. Yo, do you have like anxiety every time he drop back, drops back to pass? Like, I, I still have anxiety every time I watch him drop back. Can I say I haven't really watched them? <laughs> you know, Sundays, I'm Sundays are my gopher mornings. So a lot of times I get back in the afternoons. I have a few things to do around the house and I haven't had a chance to sit and really watch a lot of NFL until about four. So. You well, know. your your team's playing more late games anyway, so exactly. Um, plus, you know, when I literally spend roughly twelve o'clock to one o'clock in the morning watching college football and report, recording podcast and recording podcast, <laughs> I've got to I've got to I've got to slowly bet the chips correctly. And sometimes, if there's things that need to be done, I don't worry about the pro game. I do it, but in this case, it's just. These teams are both technically still eligible to win. That division winner is likely going to have seven or fewer wins. Six. six. I'm trying to give them a benefit of the doubt at this point. Yeah, six. six is more likely. Six and ten team to do it. It's going to be a six and ten team more than likely. All right. And this might hurt some people in the listening audience who have been with the Washington football team, Washington Redskins, their entire lives. Give me the Cowboys. Cowboys, simple fact. They got Dalton back. They looked better last week. They got some of their offensive line back. They're still a potent offense. And Washington's offense is good. Defense is solid. But I think Dallas will win this game by about nine points. Probably somewhere like 24-15. I like the Cowboys by a touchdown um, as well. I, I think the football team has has a pretty damn good defense this year, but they just can't get anything generated on offense to to help that, that side of the ball out. And I think Dallas with the red rifle, <laughs> the red rifle, red uh, rifle. Pull, pulling the trigger again is going to at least be competent on that side of the ball where they haven't been because really, I mean, as long as they can get some semblance of balance, that'll let Elliot eat a little bit more, which uh, has been the big problem with, with them having a, you know, a uh, little smorgasbord of quarterback there. Um, So I'll take the Cowboys here. Got it. All right. So that takes care of that. Brian, what is going after the weekend of experimentation? (laughs) <laughs> We're smoking tomorrow. 
All right, so I'm rolling uh, two turkey breast, and I've got a uh, spiral ham that I'm t- that I'm double smoking. Okay. What's the what's the flavoring for the turkey? We know this weekend. You said it last Thursday that you, we didn't mention it Saturday night because well we were in our feelings. Yep. Saturday night. I'm going with the uh, the hybrid rub, which is kind of like a traditional barbecue seasoning mixed with some of the uh, more herbal flavors that you would typically have on a uh, on a turkey in Thanksgiving. So there's some uh, some thyme, some some rub sage in there, but then there's some of those more traditional barbecue flavors that you're used to. Awesome, man. And it sounds like you're probably making enough to have sandwiches for Friday while watching football and Saturday while watching football and Sunday while watching football. Exactly. I, you know, I was just going to roll with two breasts, and I'm like, we might have just enough people hungry enough to go through two breasts. I'm going to get a ham there you and, go. And, and push the ham. Be like, y'all, y'all got to eat the ham. So I got some turkey left for, uh, for Friday. Excellent, my friend. Excellent. All right. Anything breaking while we've been recording the last few minutes here? I do not see anything major. Um, I mean, other than everyone thinking Shane trains heading to, uh, South Carolina instead of Blacksburg, but you know, well, that could be just people that don't want Shane to come to Blacksburg, <laughs> trying to will it into existence that he is going to go to Columbia. Um, but by all means, don't let him go to Columbia and start winning nine, ten, eleven games. <laughs> if that happens, there will be chaos in the fan base and on the Twitter timeline all the time for three years. All right. We've got nothing else for you guys tonight. Thanksgiving weekend, stay safe. If you're having to drive, you know, be safe on the roads, you know, be cautious and all that stuff. Uh, I'm going nowhere. Brian, you're not going anywhere, are you? I ain't going nowhere. I'm going to be just sitting in here and hopefully, I'm not sure how much food my mother-in-law is cooking, but hopefully enough where I can just drive over there and like make a plate and drive back. Every day this weekend. There you go. (laughs) So that's going to wrap up this episode of the Boundary Corner Podcast. I'm Curtis Wilson. I'm Brian Siegler. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook. Subscribe for the podcast on your favorite source, including Spotify, Amazon, and Apple Podcasts. We always let our friend Jason Long from the NRV play us out. Catch him on Spotify and Apple Music. We thank you for listening. And as always, let's go. Okies.